Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, Pastor John and I talk about what makes a mountaintop experience so transformative, and we discuss this week's message in our series entitled Journey to the Cross. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching, back in the armchair with Pastor John. Hello, everybody. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Yes, it's afternoon. We usually do this in the morning. We do usually do this in the morning, uh, but it's also Tuesday, so it is... Uh, Anything goes. It's meeting day. <laughs> yeah. right? This is like... Someone, Non-stop. Someone was trying to... Um, this happened to you. Somebody's trying to schedule time to get meeting, and my gut instinct is to always put it on Tuesday. So that yeah, we're already in meeting. Because I'm already in meeting mode. I have no expectation. It's just a matter of when to when to yes. put it in. When, There's so many meetings. When can I slot that that in? So um, but, Tuesday's normal time. But hey, we're still in armchairs. We are still every in week. We are in armchairs for yeah, armchair preaching. That's very true. So today uh, we are in the. This is really the first week in this new mm-hmm. series called Journey to the Cross. It, last week, though, we we talked about it. You used the term, and I thought was an apt term. I, so I I used it this week. I heard um, it. I, 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 I just I uh, prequel, right? Yeah, I used the term prequel. I yeah. think I gave you credit that that's what you called it. Did I? I don't it? remember that. Maybe I. I don't yeah, know. maybe that's I fine. Did. Maybe I didn't. Just consider. I didn't make up the word. So yeah, it's you a, didn't make it's, up the it's, word. It exists in, in reality. But we both talked. So last week I talked about. Uh, in relationship to the transfiguration, mm-hmm. which was the topic of last week's message, uh, I talked about mountaintop experiences. Mm-hmm. This week, you kicked off with mountaintop experiences. Mm-hmm. So I want to talk a little bit about, because we didn't really uh, deal... Mountaintop experiences? I want to talk about mountaintop experiences. Yeah. What makes them up? Uh, you know, what are what what are the... What are the you know, I, I, I want to get into the, the, the story that you actually told a little bit, mm. but, uh, but I, I want to talk about it from a bigger... You know, uh, sure. a bigger, bigger picture. You know, what, can we just say those of you who are listening, think right now about a moment that you would describe yeah. as a mountaintop experience, yeah. whether literal or figurative. Yeah. So when you think of mountaintop experiences, what are the the elements that really what make those up for you? When you think, okay, this is this is this is the sort of thing that has has in the past created those mountaintop experiences for you. Sometimes. We go through a day and we do not experience God in a palpable way and yeah. in, in a in a very sense that God is present. And other times, which are these mountaintop experience, there is undeniable there's an undeniable sense that we are in the presence of holiness. Yeah. Pure radiant love, holiness. Yeah. And it's those moments when we have those moments. And usually it is a for me it's mind, body and spirit all pulsating mm-hmm. like they're all like they're all sensing something mm-hmm. powerful so it is emotional but it's not just emotional yeah. it all there's also content and substance to mm-hmm. what the experience is mm-hmm. and um and usually you, i f- i feel it in a bodily you know like my my you know you're tingling or or, or just s- some I don't know. Something in the body just recognizes that I feel different. Yeah, um, physically feel different. And I think oftentimes um, there is a 
and, and maybe this is not universally true, um, but the reason we call them mountaintop experiences is because we tend to think of them um, at tops of, you know, I think the, I think environment usually makes a big difference, right? I mean, you, it, it's typically they happen in moments where you're in an environment that's not the norm, yeah. right? Now, that does not say that's exclusively what happens because I think the, 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 the divine kind of mountaintoppy type experiences that are, can be some of the most powerful ones are the ones mm. that happen in the ordinary yeah. situations, yeah. but typically there is a... Some sort of a journey, set asideness, yeah. some, some something about the the place is different. Do you find that? Do you find that those experiences are ones that you anticipate are going to happen, and then they happen, or do you find that they're, the the more powerful ones are the ones that just sneak up on you? Yes, yeah. the the, uh, the 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 latter. Yeah. I, I the, the, we don't. I mean, some of them you can sort of see coming, yeah. especially when you look back on them. Said, you know, I should have should have seen that one coming, but I think I can think of a mountaintop experience with uh, four people in a living room with one woman who was had some pretty serious medical con- conditions, and the four of us were on our literally on our knees for yeah. about an hour. Uh, back when that didn't hurt as much, on our knees for about an hour, and you know. I don't know. There's just something about that, but it's a living room, yeah. and we came out of that experience. I felt like I'd been a thousand on a thousand mile journey. Yeah. I felt like it had been such such a, a an otherworldly experience. But what were we doing? We were we were together. We were praying, and there was the palpable sense of God in the midst of this time of prayer, and um, you know it was just really quite quite something. But I, was I on a mountaintop? No, no. I was in a living room. Yeah, yeah. But you? It, have you? Have you? Had it, I, you know, I, th- I think I'm with you. I think it's it's some. There are those that you anticipate, right? You, you mentioned um, this past Sunday a mission trip kind of moment. Yeah. You go up and then you hike a mountain. You kind of can see that the potential for. Yeah. And I've had several of them that are mission trips lend themselves yeah, well totally, to these. Totally, totally. And I think you and I, we talked. I, I, I shared that. Probably the ones I think of are the ones that you know we're in. We're in an environment where we've done a lot of service work. We've done a lot of uh, sharing um, with other people, and then in in the most simple but not simplistic way, we we find ourselves uh, singing praises to God. You know, with with a bed sheet for a, a screen and a and an overhead projector. You know, yeah. and. and an acoustic guitar, you know, an out of tune acoustic guitar, but it's, it's those, yeah. it kind of fills you up. And, um, so there are those, you know, there've been times here where, where I can say even in our chapel here at FPC, uh, which is a smaller space, I think, I, I don't know that in, anyone would say it's our most beautiful worship space, but acoustically it's our best, it's our, it's our as good as a sanctuary is, acoustically, it's our best natural acoustic yeah. space uh, to 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 sing in. Yeah, it, it's it's but it, and there, for the spoken word, there, there are these moments in there where um, where you know we'll be we'll we'll have done a hymn, um, a hymn that I've you know sung a hundred times before, you know, and and then something 
you just feel it. You know, you just feel yeah. the, the Holy Spirit's moving. Yeah. You get these these little glimpses, and and that space is is uh, you know, there no stained glass. There's you know, it, there's it's a simple space, but it, there's something profound yeah. about no, that. I, hey, look, when uh, in the sanctuary I, again, this is an ordinary space. It's not. It's it's something extraordinary about a sanctuary of God, mm-hmm. whether it's in Loudon Hall or in the sanctuary or in the chapel in our church. Um, but even in our sanctuary, in our sanctuary, not even, just in our sanctuary, when the choir sings, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, mm-hmm. and they get to that fourth vor- vor- verse where the where the sopranos do this descant where they're singing like uh, angels in heaven, I've already checked out of this earth. Yeah. I've, already, I've checked into heaven. I'm already, I've got my bags packed. I'm, go. I'm there. Yeah. I'm already there. I'm yeah. like, here's Jesus. Here's me. I'm good. Yeah. It is so um, wonderful and so uh meaningful and so spiritual and so worshipful yeah yeah and i can i mean even like in 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 vine i think last easter um which you know on a normal worship sunday which easter is a normal worship sunday like dialed up to like 11 right yeah yeah but there's there's always there's a lot of uh I don't know how you feel about, it, but there, I, it's hard to get into the mindset of not thinking through the logistics of everything oh, yeah. that are happening. No, as a worship leader, you're 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 trying your best not to think about flow and what's next, but you someone has to think about flow yeah. and what's next, and that's that's our job. But, you know, but there was moment. there was a moment last Easter where, um, I don't know, I was in that I was in that zone where I could you know you, I was, I think it's one of those I stop I stopped singing. You know, I stopped and I just listened and, oh, and yeah. we typically sit towards the front um, and this wall of people praising God. Yeah. And, and I could see from Jennifer and from the, yeah. the rest of the band, this this just sense of total submission. Um, that, was, oh, yeah. that was pretty hey, I'd like I'd like to have been in the room Sunday with you with, at the end of the message when everybody was coming forward with your, your object yeah, that's the thing the, where you have the, 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 post-it the notes, moment, post-it yeah. notes, yeah. and uh, and and uh, and the, everyone was singing "How Deep the Father's Love." Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it was—I mean, I was as I told you a little while ago, and the rest a little while ago, I was moved watching it online after the fact. Yeah. It's just being present in that, it was just seemed to be so rich yeah. and so deep and so worshipful experience. Yeah. That was one of them. I mean, that's, that yeah. was a—it didn't approach some of the other ones that I, that I had because they were just. Like you said, at the end of the week, you're tired, but you're also fully engaged. But it was it was there. I was in that space yeah. where it, just just watching that online, it's like, man, this is this is God is here. Well, I think that's an interesting point you just made, though. You know, like there are these giant kind of Ebenezer like milestone kind of mountaintop transfiguration type moments yeah. in our lives. But then there are the smaller, I don't want to say foothill type moments yeah. where they're small, medium, and large. Yeah, they're yeah. still they're still impactful. They're still transformative in a way, or they're still affirming or challenging. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's sometimes it's uh, challenging, um, and you have a maybe that doesn't feel as good, but you still f- get that transformative kind of the 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 the, the spirit is moving, um, and and. That's I, I look at like the life of Jesus in the Gospels, and I said this kind of, I threw this line in last week, that every moment with Jesus was a sacred moment. Like yeah. Every moment was a sacred moment, but there was something about the transfiguration experience which was even more sacred, so much so that he limited the number down to three, and... Uh, you know that that's the thing. You know, I, I, there had to be, yeah. There, there, there's definitely a difference between the mountain of transfiguration and um, 
the disciples sitting with Jesus in in, in a non-recorded moment where yeah. they're just having a piece of bread together. I want to stop for a second, though. Do you think there's a danger, like there's a temptational danger with mountaintop experiences? Yes. I, th- I think about it pretty regularly, actually. Yeah. Even, even in this discussion, I've been thinking about it, which must be why you asked the yeah. question yourselves, that, is that people... So the create they they have a hunger for that and that's the only authentic yeah. way to 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 have faith and experience God and uh, and the other corresponding danger is that the emotional part of it is the the hook that everybody's after rather than the experience of God the presence of God the substitute substantive you know messaging mm-hmm. of what God is up to in that moment and what they're what many people the danger is that many people could just say I felt a certain way and I want to feel that way again yeah it's my the, feelings it's the idol worship of the emotional yeah your, your emotions state, become yeah. become your god and it's the and, and sometimes it, I, one of the things I have always got well I'll say always one of the things I've gotten a, a little bit more um I don't know what the right word is it's going to come out probably harsher than I mean, but one of the things I get a little bit suspicious of is the um, the heightened sense of uh, emotional experience that happens at, like, conferences or, you know, big Christian events, right? And, sure. And, I've had them. Yeah. And, 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 I, and I, there's a place for them, right? I mean, obviously, we, we just talked about it. Obviously, in the life of Jesus, there are these major mountaintop experiences, but... I think especially with with younger believers or non-believers for whom they're being introduced to the gospel in that that mold or in that forum or in that type of arena the temptation is for them to equate their faith with the emotional yeah. solely that's that is there is the problem right there is the problem and i i think you know people have said of our of our tradition our presbyterian theological tradition is that we're so suspicious of that people going to the making it all about the um, the, the emotions yeah. that we want we want to take the emotions out of it entirely yeah. and just have head Things that we think yeah. and hands, things that we do, and leave the heart out of it entirely. Yeah. yeah. And we have said in, in a number of ways in this very podcast that that we want to be the church that has the head, heart, and hands all present and involved in our worship, certainly, but in our entire Christian life. Yeah. And that means that we need for some people it means that we need to put the heart back in. Yeah. And so other people we need to put the head in yeah. or put the hands in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just, and that's not. Yeah, and I don't want to people diminish the value of those moments. It's just, what do you do with those moments? Do you deify yeah. the moment, yeah, or do you look at the moment as a tool for the the transformation of the gospel in your life, so that when there, when there is a lack of emotion, there's still some foundation. There's still some some hooks because. I don't know anybody would accuse me of being non-emotional when it comes yeah. to the gospel. I, don't, I think that's I don't no, ever, I think no, anyone's no, ever said yeah, that yeah. about me or or my preaching. Uh, but I but I always I, I have that sort of corrective, hmm. you know, uh, because I do think then we begin even as preachers, even as pastors. I think we the temptation is to chase the emotional kind of home run, and I I have to watch that myself, my own preaching. You know, to to say yeah, there's there are times and spaces and places for that, but what are you calling people to do with that? You know, what are, what is yeah. God calling people to do with the emotion? I think if I, I think if a 
if our emphasis in preparing a message were to take people on an emotional journey and only to take them on an emotional journey, yeah. then we've, we've left behind or minimized substance, yeah. content, yeah. Um, thought, yeah. and practice, you yeah. know, what we do, what we do with this. And so I yeah. think it's, uh, and, and again, I think our, our, our own heritage and our own theological tradition, um, we, we're, we're not in danger of yeah. idolizing the emotions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, our, our danger is to, uh, to be too suspicious of them. Yeah, and, and to act as though they don't matter at yeah. all. And I think what you just said was really important. You said, uh, take people on an emotional journey only, right? Yeah. Because there is part of our, and we've talked about this, there's part of the practice of preaching and there's part of the art of preaching that does take people on an emotional journey, because not because that's what we're trying to do, but that's what the, the gospel actually presents. The yeah. gospel presents real people dealing with real emotions and real conflicts, and but it's it's that only thing that I yeah. think what you just said is so I, I, critical. I would imagine this is true for you. I know it's true for, for me that um, when people come up afterwards and say, I was, I was moved to tears. Mm-hmm. Or something about me really got me in the in the heart today. My response to that was my what I was trying to do was to illustrate the gospel yeah. itself and illustrate the point of the of the text itself. And the fact that it caused an emotional stirring in you was a pleasant effect yeah. of yeah. that. It was not the desired intent. Yeah, I wasn't trying to create an emotional experience for yeah. you. I was trying to to illustrate what the what the text was saying. Yeah. And it's cool that, that that it did that. Yeah. That's a very different approach than others would have say, you know, there's an old there's an old joke that from the old you know old, old uh, sawdust trail type preachers and it says in the notes on the sidebar handwritten it says weak point you know speak loud. Yeah. Or, or slam fists. Yeah. So if you got a weak point, just be more emotional, and that way you can cover the weak. Maybe it must be really important because you know that's not what that's we're trying, not to, trying do to do at all. Yeah. You know, we're just trying to we're, we're trying to illustrate something, and we love it when it connects. Um, first off, I love it when it connects to my own heart. Yeah. And you, that's I'm sure it's with you too. I know when it's connecting with your heart. Yeah. When I'm listening to you. Yeah. Because there's an energy in in you, an excitement in you that builds. Yeah. Because it it has first built in your thoughts and in your prayers leading up to in all your preparation for it and you're like man i get to tell this i get to tell this right now and so there's energy in you i do the same thing there's energy in that moment because now we get to share it with you know several hundred people and i think too you know we we both you know run through our our sermons a couple at least at least one time if not multiple times Mm -hmm. before and i'm always and I wonder if I'm sure this happens to you, uh, but and this this is a kind of a little bit of a rabbit trail. But I'm always surprised how God will um, change the emotional yeah. tenor yes. of a message oh, yes. from the time I man rehearse. I hate using that word, but the time That's I ran answer. through it the first time to the time I'm actually on the stage. It's it's I I will be convinced that I'm going to present. A, a point. I'm going to present a verse. You know, the, and it and it totally. God does something in in the course of the days and the hours and even the moments before yeah. stepping on that. And the and, moment of, yeah. And that's where you know it's like, man, there's only so much I can do with this, and yeah. God's got to really do the rest. And 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 you know, I got to get out of the way here. I can't tell you how many times I, <laughs> I have uh, in, in my run throughs prior to the to delivering it. In, in person, I've I have 
been in the emotional center or the theological center of the message, and I'm literally moved by it yeah. as I'm sitting in my home office. Yeah. I'm just moved to, to tears. Then. But but that same part that moved me to tears when I go live is like, now nah, that didn't really do anything for me. Yeah. Then I was, I was that not wasn't there. It. Yeah. But somewhere else in that moment, it'll it, it just opened up. up. Yeah. 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 Well, and this week was a, a, a very talk about emotional message. You know, coming off the Mount of Transfiguration, down the mountain, Luke chapter nine. Yeah, what a contrast! Uh, very emotional. Lots of. I mean, I, was, I so wanted to put in that we're not in Kansas line. You know, we're not in Kansas yeah. anymore, Toto. Yeah, you know, we're not on the mountaintop anymore. You know, yeah, Jesus. It, and and it and it and and you go from you, the, with the emotional swing from this high. And I tried to present that a bit. The high those, highs, the, and the high lows. highs, and those. We both talked about this. Uh, this idea. Idea of how those things often butt up against each other in in life, um, but the fact that they were right next to each other, yeah, you know, this transfiguration moment, and then boom, here's this gut wrenching moment with his father, with this, this great angst over his son who is being destroyed. I think of all the and healing miracles of Jesus. This, I don't know, man. This might be one of the emotionally more a wrenching narratives. There's, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of times where people cry out for Jesus to heal, right? Yeah. There's a lot of times where people, um, you know, Jesus heals people who have, you know, have others advocating for them. I think about the four friends who bring the, their lame yeah. friend through the ceiling, you know. Um, you know, I think about the man who, who, who's been for 38 38 years at the pool of Beth, Beth, uh, Beth, Bethsaida, you know, wanting to begin, yeah. you know, the emotional there. But this is... The woman with the issue of blood. The That's woman, yeah, yeah. The, the hemophiliac, you know, like... But I think that this one, and where you've got... Uh, the thing that jumped out for me, and I'd love to hear your take on this, but uh, the thing that jumped out for me is just how the man, the father, the dad is is coming with with his son and and towards Jesus you know the the I beg you the emphasis on this the the only child yeah um i just you know it was so, that there was there was the other temptation for me in the other, the editing room floors that you know the for christians to to use the language of the only son yeah that has jesus language written on it and so just just unpacking that and going into that area and dealing with the fact that the father has a son whose life was on the line yeah um that that was weighty with import but uh yeah, neither was, one of us really went there you know it's in you, my notes you, you but talked it was, about it but it, uh but, but uh, i did not do the tie-in with the you know the the, 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 heavenly ty- the the heavenly father's um you know description of of Jesus as my beloved son um yeah that's a temptation there too uh, but to 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 go into that and it could have and we could we easily could have created a point um from that but neither one of us really 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 chose to do that as you're looking at this you know you you obviously took some some time uh, dealing with the demon possession part yeah. of that um what where was your what was your thought process as you know you make decisions about the weight yeah. of talking about the demon possession side of it I, I i talked about it in terms of epilepsy and as a but then i i moved into a to a more 
demonic pl- place in terms of the, yeah, the description. Monsters yeah, and the, yeah, and the the the, the 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 monster side of human lives. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I thought it was interesting to do a little contrasting this week between between us because it was just a, it was a matter of emphases. And yeah. if you preach the sermon next time, you might emphasize. Oh, and what, I have. What, yeah. When neither yeah. one of us yeah. preach emphasize this time, which is the dad and his only son, or yeah. that you know, like you emphasize, or you had some some real estate in this message about um about the issue that the disciples had who had already been given this authority to do this and Jesus kind of rebuking the disciples mm-hmm. at least as i said fussing at them is what i said yeah. that, uh, but uh, that they'd already they already had it and that they were they that they didn't do anything with yeah. that um i didn't i just i you I, mentioned I, it I you mentioned it and moved it. on yeah, so moved yeah. On, yeah uh it, for me it felt like this was the time and the right time in a congregation's life to say that if we believe in benevolent spirit world things that are existing but a benevolent spirit world why would we just push back against the possibility yeah. of a uh, malevolent yeah. you know, a bad dark uh, spirit world that's against us and against yeah. God's people and so Luke uh, yeah yeah it it it, every, it it sounded like an epileptic seizure yeah but Luke called it a demonic but and I love how you pointed out that this is Luke's gospel so this was this was the this was the 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 physician yeah. you know the man who had seen and and had a had a scientific mindset right yeah. i mean he had no but he had no problems calling it that and i for me i i i like and i like that we both contrasted Matthew Mark and Luke yeah and yeah, Matthew, and we both said, I mean, it, what's there? Which is Matthew was about the faith of the disciples, and Luke, yeah. and Mark was about the uh, the the prayer, yeah. and then but Luke was about the uh, the action of Jesus. Yeah, and I it just it, this is this is one of those stories, and this with the transfiguration where you do have the different synoptics really kind of emphasizing different you know slightly different things. Um, I wanted to spend a little time on the 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 the. The faithless and twisted generation, because it just it comes out so heavy. Um, harsh, it harsh. seems very yeah. heavy-handed, especially when it's it seems on the surface as a response to the brokenness of the man and the brokenness of the child, and it is a response to the brokenness of the man and the brokenness of the child, but it's not directed at them. Um, at least the way I read it. Of course, you can read it different ways, but it but it seems like so. Uh, so pointed because it's it's after the man talks about the failure of the disciples, you know, the, the man's failure of the disciples. But both of us really landed on this concept of the greatness, the majesty of God, like being on display in the arena of this brokenness, in the yeah. arena. You, you, one of the things I loved how you did this, and, and uh, I got kind of tied into that the two 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 elements of the the monster story of 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 people's lives and then the brokenness those mm. two kind of but you I loved how you outlined in quick fashion all of the different possibilities that that could be you know you, you went through every, you know everything from family relationships and financial oh, relationships yeah, yeah, yeah. and vocational yeah. issues yeah. and and just internal yeah. conflict and how the the greatness of God is available in those yeah. in, in every single one of those and that's yeah. where our our messages really did start to coalesce together in terms of yeah, point. And, I mean, and, that, and I love and when you uh, when you gave us the backstory on on astonished or amazed in uh, in the NIV, um, it was that punch in the gut. The ekpleso, yeah, yeah, it was that punch in the gut. Can and I that, say that, I... that was the that was the sort of 
that that's different than just being wow that was pretty impressive yeah. that's like arresting no. yeah can i tell you i was this is one of those moments where you're just absolutely sure you're going to find something out and then you're disappointed so i was absolutely sure that our word for explosion came from that word ekpleso but it does not it's it's from a different di- a variation from a different etymology i i, yeah, I was really the, hoping the, the, the dynamos or whatever, yeah. whatever the, the the inner energy yeah is, i was really for... really hoping that ekpleso would be if you you know went down but it's it's not but it does it does have that punch in the gut sort of um connotation to yeah. it with it and and uh but i did i really i liked i liked the fact that you know, we both went to this idea of the the crowd is not focused on the miracle. The miracle is just the arena that demonstrated the greatness yeah. of God. And, and, and that's where I think both of us landed with this idea that God is ready to show up. You know, Jesus Christ is, is ready to show up. And, and it didn't occur to me until you just are just saying that, that, you know, if you look back historically at the at the different miracles that were done and recorded in the, in the Gospels, the point of the miracles is never to be s- some, you know, action done just to have people go, wow, gee whiz, look at that. Yeah. You know, the point of the miracles is always to build faith. Yes. It's always and that faith in, in the one who performed the miracles. And so it's always to strengthen faith, to show forth faith is it's about they all have a purpose oh yeah purpose it's like how wayne grudem in his systematic theology calls um he calls he defines miracles as the unusual working of god in Mm -hmm. this world Mm -hmm. you can't call them like the like suddenly god's not working in this world and then does it in the miracle he's always working in this world it's just it's just this unusual working of god but the point of the unusual working of god is to show people God and God, yeah. what God's capable of, and that that's where we both landed is that this gut punch that they got of like what did I just watch was to put some smelling salts under their noses and say that's what God look what God just did yeah and then I love how you what you did with that is you took all that hurt and that sin and that shame and that anxiety and that wrong in us and said take it seriously and even write it down. And uh, uh, it was really, I was, I was curious where you're going with the post-it notes, yeah. but then you like, do I burn them? You know, do I, do I throw them away? Do I tear them up? But you kept, you know, putting the cross of, you brought the, you brought it back to the gospel, yeah. Yeah. that the gospel covers all that. The gospel deals with all that. And it's the same. I mean, it's a, it, the, and my way of saying it was different than different way, but yeah. the, what we were saying was the same thing is that what God does with that is he changes yeah. Yeah. the situation. Yeah, he changes the situation. Or changes us or in the situation. Or he changes us in the situation, which is how you put it, which I think was great because it's like one of the things that gets can get tricky um, with these messages is, and we've talked about this before, is the healing miracles uh, have a purpose, as you just said. You know, in John's gospel, they're not actually called miracles. They're called signs, you know, mm-hmm. and sign always points to something else. And, uh, and, and the danger in... In, I want to say the danger, but the, the 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 thing that you have to be careful with and the way you put it was, I think, was so great is that, yes, sometimes God does change your situation. Absolutely. Sometimes God shows up, changes the situation. Sometimes he doesn't and he changes us in it, you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 the fact of the matter is, um, and, and in the end of the, the prayer, you know, I talked about, you know, Again, that Philippians passage, which is one of my favorites, you know, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. It's that 
the piece which does not make sense is the situation is calling for angst and hurt and anxiety and worry, but God's peace is overwhelming that. And that's why I use the example of Karen Casey this week. Um, great, 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 great. And, and I know Jim, her husband, was in the room. He was. I, I, saw, I visited with him before services, and yeah. I knew he was in the room. So And I talked to him right before just to double-check he was okay me mentioned in Karen. Yeah, um, we, we all, just so everybody knows, we always ask. Even yes. when I talked about Seal watching all of her dark crime documentaries, I said, hey, you all right with this? Which, She's, which we you always know, do. You know that my wife does what does, does the same yeah, thing. I heard uh, it. Yeah, I heard it. Where, where do we... Sh- that was at the Christmas party. Christmas yeah, party. That, that's that, what it was. Yeah, that actually, was one of her she, truths. Yeah. She does. She is also a uh, big... Um, our wives had that in common. She, but you see, they're not the only ones. I actually... This is a side note, but I actually read a thing about how the, the true crime documentaries um, are targeted towards... Um, certain demographic, which is the demographic of, heavy. Your, d- demographic of your wife and my wife, which is, you know, <laughs> I, I think it's ages, you know, 30 to 75 or something or 30 to 70. Yeah. And, and typically white women, 30 to 75, they're most that's drawn funny. to those. Yeah, and the the psychologists are trying to unpack why that's the case. And And Julia actually said to me, she's like, I don't know. It feels like I'm more prepared for the world. She's like, I don't know why. She's like, I feel like I'm more prepared to deal with the ugliness in the world. Like when I know how extreme the ugliness can get. Pretty theologically, it makes it makes sense. That's why I've I've said for some time now that one of the great things about being part of a theological tradition that understands the depravity of the human life is that we're not surprised when we see sin manifesting itself in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. So it's not if. So, oh, he had an affair. Well, sin, sin, sin nature is yeah. will can cause those things, and yeah. so we have to be mindful of our own, you know, faith and our mm-hmm. own our own hearts. And so, yeah. oh, you had it, you cheated on this, you know. Yeah, sin, sin nature. So we never, we're never surprised, never happy about it. No, but we're not, we're not surprised about it. So that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But I, to your point, Karen Casey was a wonderful, wonderful. Um, person to talk about when there and, and we could and you and i know both know people in a congregation and i, I yeah. spread it out like where people have gone through you were looking at them traumatic was, yeah traumatic things and yet they've done it with an, an, an amazing with you know an amazing grace that that it can only be described as divine can yeah. only be supernatural it it is the miracle overwhelming the monster it's it's the um it's it's christ you know, taking the, it's the sting of the, the potential death. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's one of those, you know, where Paul talks about, oh, death, where's your sting? I think we always kind of look at that from the, the, the end of life moment where that moment does not have the power because we know the resurrection. Well, for people who live with the, 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 image of death knocking constantly on their doorstep yeah, for as long as she did especially yeah and 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 people like her you know the sting of death is gone because they they care about it only in so far as they get more and more time to present the gospel live the gospel you know they they live out the the concept of to live as christ and to die as gain i mean they we say that you know, and but and some people live that in they live in that different ways on a daily, daily basis, and and it and it and it has to matter at, for them to even get up and do anything, and that's where you know people like Karen, uh, people like the folks that you and I know who, and it's not just cancer. I mean, the people that that are like on the razor's edge financially, month in and month out, mm-hmm. but still have that faith, and um, 
they're they're at the major leagues, man. I mean, I, I said this in in all seriousness. I mean, I'm we're I'm playing Nerf ball by comparison yeah. uh, because it just it doesn't. I've I've experienced hardship. You've experienced hardship. We both experienced a loss, but that constant kind of like, you know. It's hard. I mean, that, that's where it's, they, they're, they are inspirational yeah. people in that sense, and we need to we need to hear from them because some other people who are going through lesser things are far worse. And it would could would they have but a bit of what people like Karen Casey had? Yeah, their experience of the, those same hard things would be entirely different. Yeah, yeah. Well, and 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 we knew we know we know people that were in the room in the church on Sunday who needed that. They I mean they needed that that message. They need that faith sure. level. They need the they need to be able to say, wow, a re- that a recent what, sorrow, a yeah. recent grief, a yeah. recent um failure, struggle, yeah. health failure. problems. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, any number of things. Yeah. What do you think the um when you think about this point, so Jesus was on the mountain of transfiguration. He came down the mountain, he's on the other side of the mountain now, and he comes into this this crowd and he comes into this this man and his family's life, or at least his son's life, and he heals him. Um you know, I guess if I try to for the back up the you know, pull the tele, telephoto lens back up to a wide view, and we, I I didn't think this think about this, and I'm just raising this now to, to think about this. Why is that such an important combination? You know, the high highs to the low lows. Why do you think that's such? Why does that matter so much to to go from this? Why do you think it matters so much in the Gospels to show for posterity's sake, for you, us, Lakeland, you know, to read this this transition from one moment to, to the next moment and seeing greatness in the valley of the shadow of death? You know, I, it, was in, it was funny because that you said that because I, it was in my handwritten notes when I'm, you know, I put together like this idea of majesty or greatness. So in the ESV, it's the word majesty. And in the NIV, it's greatness, but it has this very uh, king-like kind of connotation, right? Um, And I think the thing that was—and I just didn't know—I just couldn't get it to weave together the way I wanted it to, so I just kind of put it aside. But this—the fact that they're marveling, that they're astonished at the majesty of God in the face of this, you know, the— you know, again, Mark's gospel. I think the the it's the the um, the disciples are arguing with each other at that at that point mm-hmm. about you know the nine, not Peter, James, and John. They're arguing about you know what what are we going to do about this boy? You get the desperate father, and yet they see the majesty of God on display, and and it's right after the majesty of God in Jesus has been so obvious as to be nearly blinding to Peter, James, and John. So you have this, this big image of the majesty of God where the voice of the Father is is, is calling out. Mm. You have Elijah and Moses and, and the bending of time and space, and, and so there's this obvious majesty. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, And then you not, go into a place where there's absolutely it's no... It's not obvious at all. Not obvious at all. This is why I love, and I I love that, that Raphael version yeah, of the I transfiguration. Love that, I love that visual. Because down at the bottom is is the is the mess of human life. It's all this, but that's but that's where the majesty. Because I went back, and I, I think when I was doing my notes, I went back into Luke, I went back to Mark, went back to Matthew to see if the word majesty or greatness or or whatnot was used in the transfiguration story, and it's not. It's on display, but it's not spoken. 
Yeah. Here, it's not on display, except but it's in the, present. Yeah, except and in it's the language. Yeah, except it's, in the compassion of Jesus. Yeah, and and yet it's spoken. And that to me, I, I don't know. I couldn't figure out how to weave that together. But yeah, to I me, that I, was the I powerful. Think looking thing. back on, it, I wish I could have said. I wish I could have pointed out that what you had in these two stories, the transfiguration and this healing of this boy, is that you had a mountaintop experience on a mountaintop, and you had a mountaintop experience in the valley. Oh man. Yeah. See, yeah, next time we got to put both mountaintops. Yeah, they're, 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 yeah, yeah. They're, that there, there's the piece that I, you know, yeah. That, 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 I mean, we, we, we got, we said it, but we didn't say it that that succinctly. Succinctly, yeah. But that's what it was. It was, it was. This was a, and that's boy, is that ever important? Yeah. That we can go to work and raise our kids and have. Um, you know, busy, stressful. And I had five grandkids in my house all all weekend long, and for all day, all day Monday because it was President's Day, and they were all in our house there. And yeah. you know, after a while, they're all getting on each other's nerves, and we're about fried ourselves. That we could set, that we could have a mountaintop experience in the mundaneness, ordinariness, or stressfulness, or distractedness of moments like that. That we could have something profound in moments like that. That's pretty. Yeah, that's, that's pretty powerful. remarkable. And that you can have mountaintop experiences at a person's bedside as they're going through cancer, yes. you know, going through going through uh, you know, some sort of a cardiac procedure. I mean, hey, I, I, I had think... a mountaintop experience at Karen Casey's funeral. Yeah. Quite honestly. Yeah. And a lot and 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 a lot of people, visited a lot of, her. Yeah. A lot of people spoke, but when you spoke what you spoke, because you, you did a fabulous, fabulous job at her memorial service. And uh, and and really, you and you knew the things that you said on Sunday. You were bringing those things out, that her, her this profound faith of this woman who had cancer seven times and just really gone through so much. And yet she was so gospel-centered. Yeah. And you brought that and laid it in, in the feet of, in front of everybody. So it was very—my heart was in my throat the Entire time, and I, as I said to you after, I was very, I was so proud of to, to call you brother and a co- colleague in that moment. And then Thank everybody you. else kind of got up and confirmed everything you you had just said. Yeah, that, that was a, it was a great thing. So you can have mountaintop experiences in a, in a funeral. Is what the point of well, that? Well, and 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 you visited people like like Karen and other people that we you know that you know and had mountaintop experiences while you're praying over them moments yeah. before they die. Yeah. Nothing. I mean, so that's there's majesty of God in those, and that's only that's only the gospel that can do that, right? I mean, there's only the gospel can can bring that sort of majesty out of, uh, you know, the mundane yeah. or majesty out of tragedy. You know, only the gospel can do. There's no other religion in the world that yeah, offers nope, that sort no. of salvation narrative, and it's only because, you know, and I, I think I've mentioned this. Um, book before and again it's by a an anglican uh out of england so he's a little loose with the language in the book but he talked it's it's a book called apologetic it's about a guy it's by a guy named francis spewford and but he, spewford. spewford but it's it's uh, which doesn't sound like a british name but it is it, he talks about how the, the the subtitle is something to the effect of how Christianity makes surprising emotional sense, something yeah. like that, and 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 what he what he 
and he talks about it from and he one he goes and he attacks atheism because atheism purports to be this this beacon of of emotional stability and wholeness and wellness and and he kind of just says well it's garbage that they have that because you subtract religion from the world and it doesn't take away the pain so mm. that doesn't work you, you take the god concept out of out of the idea and it doesn't take away the pain and then he talks about how um only in Jesus Christ is the majesty, and he doesn't use this language exactly, but the whole premise is that this the greatness of God goes into the pain, and that's the only mm-hmm. way it's taken up. And he uses the, uh, he really is a big proponent of the Christus Victor sense of okay. the, the yep. atonement, um, which when you think Christ, about it, Christ is victorious over sin and yeah. sin and death. Yeah. And and that's where he puts the weight um and he thinks penal substitutionary atonement is garbage. But um which I you know I you, you can don't, you don't have to pick one. You don't have to pick one. They're, 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 they they can all be true yeah, at the yeah, same all, time. They, they can all true, be yeah. they can all be true at the same time. And some presbyterians go the opposite direction and say only penal substitutionary atonement matters and I'm like, well I don't know. There's a lot of places where it talks about Christ being victorious and, uh, you know, other sorts of things. But it's this idea that only in Jesus Christ do you have transfiguration and then demonic possession and and casting out of demons. And In, in In the same chapter. In the same chapter and all of it described as the majesty of God. And that's yeah. just, that's the yeah. thing that gets me fired up. And, hey, and some, sometimes the armchair preaching experience is a time to nicely unpack, and it's a little bit of the icing <laughs> or the cherry on top of the uh, of the dessert. And sometimes it's a te- teleological moment. That's right. I yeah. feel like this is the the, 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 te- uh-huh. the, the completion. Yeah. And this, this really kind of fulfills in a richer way the yeah. the moments that we had together on Sunday. Absolutely. This, this one feels more like that, that Pray, kind of thing. There praise a, God for that. It was, a, it was a really fulfillment of the Sunday. And this week coming up, uh, I'll be back in the classic service. Josh Schweitzer will be in Vine. I'll but, be at a wedding. And you're going to be at a wedding. I'll be away at a family uh, wedding. Hopefully a mountaintop experience there, too. But, yeah, I hope um, so, too. But uh, we're going to continue. It, it's funny because I, I think initially uh, you had said that the through line for this series was you know, just the geographic pinpoints on the map. But I'm finding from, from Transfiguration, which is technically prequel to the series, into this week or into last week and then this week, this theme of of defining greatness hmm. in Jesus Christ is is kind of subtly weaving through. We ended with this, uh. this, this topic of the greatness of God in Jesus and this healing. And this week, the argument between the disciples about who is the greatest mm. comes up. So I, I, there is that kind of through line that that is developing. I don't know if that was, uh, you know, how intentional that oh, was. Zero, yeah. zero intentional. <laughs> the 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 only intention in in finding these passages between the mountain of transfiguration and the cross of Calvary was which passages. I tried to find some geographical distance between them, but yeah. just which passages indicated a particular location of Jesus. Yeah. yeah. But it is, I, I just think it was funny as I was preparing for this week. So I'm like, huh, here we go. This is the greatness of God. You know, one, the greatness of, of God on the mountaintop, the, two, the greatness of God right here in the in the healing moment uh, in the valley. And now you get the, the, the disciples still not understanding yeah. about the greatness of God. So what is, now this is, what is greatness? What is greatness and yeah. who, who can be the greatest? And, yeah. Uh, if you missed this past week's message in our series uh, on Journey to the Cross, Pastor John was in Classic, I was in Vine, you can watch the complete services and encourage you to do so. Some uh, really cool, by the way, we didn't talk about this, some really cool um, use of in the live, it would only be live uh, on live stream or the recording for 
Vine because it wasn't recorded in classic, but it's really cool reading of oh, the scripture yeah, this, right. this, yeah. this week. Yeah, which we didn't talk about that at all today, but but that was a cool. So we can leave it tease you with that. Say there's a there's a cool way to read scripture. There's a very dramatic way of reading a very dramatic scripture. Yeah, lend itself towards a dramatic reading yeah. of that scripture with three people. And that's why it is good to watch the whole service if you can. Uh, on our website, fpclakeland.org, the worship page and the sermon archive tab has the complete uh, complete services, both classic and Vine Modern Worship Service. Or you can uh, check us out on YouTube, uh, youtube.com backslash FPC Lakeland. I think it's the first time I've teased that, but you can also subscribe to our channel and uh, be notified when a new new video is posted, which includes things beyond the Sunday worship services. So we have Bible playlists, Agape. Yeah, Agape Bible study. We have a lot of our concert series. Uh, Tom Ingwe does a great job of editing those together and putting a package up there. We've got uh, a a wonderful video with our longtime member Peggy Snow Mm -hmm. talking about the history of the church. So there's a lot of cool things up there. So go to our YouTube page. Uh, At some point, I'm going to figure out a way to get this podcast up there too, but not quite sure how to do that. Yeah, we'd have to. I'd have to dress a lot better, I think, if we did that. But uh, check out YouTube.com. Just put a nice picture up there and just have it as a <laughs> as audio, as audio, audio only, audio only. And uh, wherever you're listening to this podcast, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, make sure you subscribe if you haven't done so already, and uh, like it, share it with your friends, and uh, I think think it'll be good. Like you said, every week's a little different. Yep. Here, in, here in the arms. It's all journey to the cross, and yeah, we yeah. are we are preparing. We're f- praying and fasting, and preparing for for Easter. Yeah, Pastor John, thanks so much for it's hanging good to be out, here. and uh, have a good time at your wedding this week. Thanks, looking and forward to it. Pray it, pray it goes well, and uh, for everyone else, we'll see you next time.